This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Thank you for coming to Late Night Drive. We hope you enjoy the drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Late Night Drive. My name is Ali Schnitt. I'm Michaela Oakland. And we are so happy to have you here joining us on our Late Night Drive, sitting in our, I mean, backseat, I guess. Mm-hmm. I always kind of picture it as like the cab of a truck and you're kind of like sitting in between us and we have our arms around you. Well, one arm because I'm driving, but well... This time we're putting you in the trunk. Yeah. Get comfy. Scream. <laughs> no one's going to hear go. you. Um, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> We've been weird today. We have weird energy. Really weird. Yesterday I would say I had a more exhausted energy, but today I just feel like my vibes are off. And not the world's vibes. No, no. Like really more personally my mm-hmm. vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel f- funky. Yeah, and like a, off, like a unsettled. what's the word you use? Unsettled. Yeah, unsettled. Unsettled I is the feel one. Feel weird. Like I feel like hmm, something's not right, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, I did see, of course, one of those astrology TikToks well, popping onto my feed against my will about how we're going into Libra. M- m- I don't. No, know. here's the thing. Tomorrow, okay. Tuesday, is the full moon, and mm-hmm. it's like a super moon, right? Yes, and it's also the worm moon. Don't know what that means, Ooh, but it is worm moon. the worm moon. Worm. Like, would you still love me if I was, etc. Um, and apparently we're moving, like there's a transit thing, like we're moving into a different Saturn thingy house, whatever, and it's good. We're moving into Pisces and, or it's been in Pisces. I don't know. Right. Either way. That's what I heard. There's some funky That the last one was bad. Going. Yes. And this one is going to be good. The last moon. Mm-hmm. For the last okay. two and a half years. you know years, what? I guess Saturn has been bad. And I'm like, totally, or some Jupiter or something. I don't know. And I'm like, totally. The last two and a half years have been a little tough. Okay, but I have to say, every time I see an astrology TikTok, many times they've been like, we've been in this place, which means in the last two and a half years or the last three years, we've been in this place, but that's about to change. And then, and then a few months later, it's like we've been in this place for three years, and that's about to change. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> well, it's there's many planets, I think, and sometimes I just get confused on what I've already heard. That's just me, though. I think that it's trying to be based around the fact, like, oh, we've been in a pandemic <laughs> and post-pandemic world, but something's about to shift. And you know what? If it's a placebo, I want it to work on me, so I'm just gonna keep believing it. No, I'm time. really into placebo effects. I think that mm-hmm. like snake oil medicine would have worked on me back in the day. Like I would have been cured and I would have been the person being like, no, no, I bought his snake oil and it cured me, you know? That's me with microdosing. No, though, <laughs> honestly, like the placebo effect is surprisingly a high success rate, like mm. on its own without any, just like consistently it works for a lot of stuff. Literally me drinking green juice right now because I think it's going to make me better. Well, that's got to be scientific. Well, there's got to be some science <laughs> to it. It's got... Um, to having fruits and vegetables. It has broccoli in it. Yeah, that's real. Right? Oh, I. you know what else is real? Have you heard about the comeback of the woolly mammoth? Um, No, but tell me more. <laughs> okay, they're in the next four years going <laughs> to have woolly mammoths again. Why? <laughs> okay, so this is very confusing, and I read two articles on it trying to understand, but they think it's going to reverse the climate problems we have to bring back woolly mammoths i don't know why look it's something about their migration patterns and the permafrost and like bringing bringing back grass i have no idea it was very confusing to me okay like i couldn't so (laughs) hear me out 
because I'm not a science okay. girly and I have never claimed to be. But and I am not as well. Are they suggesting that ice ages happened because mammoths existed? <laughs> I don't know. Like, are they suggesting I, that the weather revolves around an, an a furry ele- elephant? Is like, I just I don't know. Okay. It almost sounds like this ridiculous pipe dream a guy had one day where he's like, we should just recreate Ice Age type situations so that the ice doesn't melt. But I'm sure there's something I'm missing. Like, I'm sure there's something that makes sense, of course, but, but like, it doesn't make sense I don't think me. they should bring back woolly mammoths. Like, have we not watched Jurassic Park? I actually think I haven't <gasps> Ever? watched Jurassic Park. Anyway, the lesson in that is like scientists shouldn't be God, shouldn't be playing God because like where does it end? And like if we're bringing back a woolly mammoth, who says we're not going to bring a, mm-hmm. back a T-Rex and everyone dies? You know, and that's a fair point. I do think we killed the woolly mammoths. So like maybe it is okay, but then it is scary to be mm. like, well, where's the line now? Where's the line that we're going to put that? However, apparently the woolly mammoth has like 99.6% DNA in similarity to the Asian elephant. Sounds right. And that's why they're going to be able to do it. So they're going to birth it through oh. the elephant. Oh, sort of like an IVF situation. Yeah. Like they did surgery on a grape. They did IVF on an, on an elephant. elephant. <laughs> And then they're going to have a woolly mammoth. Okay, I'm tentatively excited about it. I don't really understand the climate implication of it all, but like I'm into it. Totally. If it actually could help the climate, you know, by all means, they are getting like a ridiculous amount of millions of dollars to do this. And surely it could help in other ways as well. But you know what? We're just... (laughs) I think at this point... Try... Just throw shit at the wall, Just do some stuff. Even though like we literally in so many ways, have every possible solution to the climate crisis. The problem is they're just mm. not sort of doing it. Oh, but they'll make woolly mm. mammoths. I'm about to lose my mind. I'm in <laughs> I'm in such a funky, funky little mood. I think I've been irritable, which is not regular for me. Yeah, I've been a little bit irritable as well. Just a little more, maybe a little more quick to be like, fuck, fuck this shit, you know? And you know, we have been discussing... I know that you sent the the book on um, Buddhism and spirituality. Mm. Maybe I need to really like get back into that and then we can report back on the podcast if that helps our irritability. I honestly don't know. I just feel like maybe it's just I'm tired of the winter. I want it to mm-hmm. be warm out. I want to wear sundresses. It's dark out and, yeah. and I'm tired. Like and you know, <laughs> vitamin D is a real thing. So well, and the crazy that's thing gotta is, play a big part. I have such vitamin D deficiency already, and I take so much yeah. vitamin D, and it just doesn't really do anything. It doesn't make me any happier. Mm-hmm. Actually, during the during the pandemic, I got an artificial sunlight or sun lamp, mm. and I was like, "This is gonna fix everything." Because I was really going through phases every month where I bought this <laughs> new item that I was convinced was gonna fix my depression. <laughs> None of them worked, but the sun lamp, I know it was so bright. It was really uncomfortable. Yeah. It's just sitting in my closet. My mom bought me one too. And I'm like, when am I supposed to, I don't like, when am I going to sit in front of this and just, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm not a plant sort of. Yeah. I would love to be in the next life. I probably will try that. Okay. I think that like, I like humans are similar to plants. Totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. Because when we die, we technically do go back into nourishing plants. From the earth we came and to the earth we return. Wow. Yeah. That's some real shit you just said. That's some real shit I just said. Anyway, it's feeling funky and irritable, but fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm yeah. I'm I'm fine. I'm <laughs> girl, say it again. Say it two more times. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm just I think dating. Mm-hmm. I've been well you know what I will say that has been a a cause of your irritability I've been like throwing stuff out there like vitamin d but now that I'm thinking back like it was a direct response (laughs) it's not it's vitamin d but not like that it's like I just mm, I've been like dating again right for like two months well it's March so but really like two months okay like yeah yeah, you've been putting yourself out I'm there. I'm already t- attempting. done. Like, I can't. Yeah. I got a new message on Raya last night and I screamed. Like, I just yeah. shrieked because I was like, I don't want to fucking do this. So, like, I just was like, I can't keep doing it. It's- mm, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. How do people do this for years? 
You getting a Raya message is like Pavlov's Pavlov's Do- bell, Pavlov's but dogs. for trauma. <laughs> yeah, like the, when he rings the bell and they, they get salivate. hungry, except you get stressed. Yeah. <laughs> like fuck. What's he gonna do yeah. this time? <laughs> It also probably doesn't help that you're in a group chat with Julie and me, who you every are time are like, so... just stop dating. I know, I know. It's really hard to like keep my head up and keep trying when you guys are like, but what if you didn't? Like, because <laughs> I want to, I want to. I just like, ugh, like I hate them all. I hate them. I hate them. Wow. Yeah. That's some real shit you just said. And co-signed that because that's some real shit you just said. It's just like, it's driving me really crazy. It's like just driving me slowly, slowly, slowly to the edge. Mm -hmm. Like I understand why women kill. Like I do. Like you just do. Do they? I always thought men killed the most for sure. Oh, 100%. Oh, by far. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, But like women do kill sometimes. Because you get so, so you understand the justification. I get the urge. I think like I, like I can't wait. Like where that comes from. Like the place where that kind of rage might come from. Uh, because yeah. I just keep thinking like, okay, like I'm not a pessimist. I'm really optimistic. No, you really aren't a pessimist. At all. That's the last way I would describe mm-hmm. you. But I I think about dating and I just think this is gonna go the same way. It has gone every single time. There's going to be a moment where he's like, you're just, you're so good. You're a perfect woman, but I'm just not good enough. I need to work on myself and then I'll kill him and then I'll kill him. Like there will be another time and it's just too many times that I just cannot keep hearing the same thing. Like it's, I'm losing it. Well, okay. So my, my position is I think you should go on a lot of dates instead of going on one date and then seeing that through as far as you can with someone like who you're kind of like ah, about I, I know but I know but what what are the odds that you go on like one date and then pursue that with someone each <sighs> month like what are the odds they're gonna be the person for you you know what I mean one out like, of 12 that's, so, <laughs> that's putting a lot of eggs into some risky baskets some crickety baskets out there. I know, but I just, I, I, it's hard enough for me to find one person I'm willing to see one time. Well, that's, and like, that's a good point. It is that's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> so I've just been feeling a little funky. A little funky. But I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Put your hands up out there if you can relate. You know what else I wanted to talk about a little bit today? What did you want to talk about today? Sam Levinson. Okay, we can talk about Sam Levinson. Okay, I'm sure you're all initiated into the Sam Levinson um, drama if you're on Twitter, which many of you likely are if you subscribe to our um, worlds. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Technically, this is about The Idol, his new show that hasn't come out yet, but it's also largely based on his euphoria situations. But he basically had these like, very weird sexual traumatic fantasies of how he wanted this new show to go and a lot of it like involving an egg mm, i heard carried. about the egg yeah mm, yeah yeah and i'm not gonna go into detail we don't have to go into detail although it's along the theme of vaginal trauma which like we talked about last week <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah and then like her wanting to be assaulted, assaulted just like just bad things just bad things And I feel like there's this ideology that I do kind of understand of like, you know, art is art. Like we shouldn't like we shouldn't ban any topic from art. However, when can we say but that is harmful? (laughs) It's a good question. (laughs) I think it's like the pornography question, right? Oh, God. You don't know. We've been talking about that a lot recently, too. It's you can't define it, but you know it when you see it. But the thing is, I feel Mm -hmm. like we're seeing it and a lot of us are like that. Hey, Mm -hmm. that's it. That's the the bad stuff. Like, that's harmful. And a lot of people are like, it's just art. And it's like, yeah. And so many people come out of the woodwork (laughs) to defend it who like probably haven't even ever cared that much about his work or like even know who he is. Yeah. No, they get all these fighters because they're like, ooh, this person's being attacked by the woke mob because of some free speech. I'm going to defend them. I'm going to be their frontline soldier. Yeah. And it's like, what are you getting know. out of that? They're not going to, the weekend's not going to fuck you. You yeah, know, Sam Levinson, not going to fuck you. Well, 
I guess I don't really know. I don't, I don't think you will. <laughs> well, this has been hitting home for me because Jenny from Blackpink is going to be in The Idol. Oh. And I've been so excited because it's her acting debut. And I've been so looking forward to it and so hopeful. And it's just, um, I'm probably still going to have to watch it because it's Jenny. I understand. I really do understand. But that's my truth. That's my truth. Is there anything you wanted to catch up on this week? I had a hangover. <laughs> That's so true. And you know what? We also talked about that in our Patreon episode. We did because it was the, the was it with the next was it the next day? Yeah, it was. It was the day. It was the it was day the, hangover the hangover day. Yeah, yeah, it was not well. So you were very brave for that. I was really I brave for like, that. We can move recording if you need, and you were like, "No, I can power through." Because one thing about me is I'm gonna power through. I, I was I'm the yeah. ultimate Michael Jordan flu game. Like, I feel really good when I can get something done when I feel like shit. I know that that's like hustle culture and bad, but I do. Like, when I would be sick and I would still perform or something, I'd be like, I am a god. You know? Oh. We should interrogate you. <laughs> not right now, not. Maybe later. <laughs> But yeah, so we we did have a fun episode on our Patreon about Greek and Mesopotamian gods, which will be out before you're listening to this episode. So patreon.com slash late night drive pod. Um, I think you guys would really like it. We had a lot but of fun today. <laughs> yeah, we had so much fun doing it. We were really <laughs> bouncing off each other, having a fun grand old time. Mm. Today we're talking about s- sanitation and hygiene, kind of like broadly. <laughs> Yeah, which like, and hear me out, because when Michaela brought this up to me, I was like, uh, I don't understand why you want to do that. <laughs> but she won but then me you over. Got she, you, you, <laughs> she won me over. She really did. Um, and there's some interesting stuff here. There's some history. There's some contemporary stuff we can talk about. There's some memes and tweets we can talk about. There's plenty to do yeah. with particularly hygiene. And I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear what you have to say to me about it. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. <laughs> We will be talking a lot about sort of the shocking history of <laughs> sanitation, like the the recent discoveries, the hand washing oh movement, which we haven't had for very long, <laughs> and just how like disgusting those beautiful ancient castles used to be. Mm. People, and spoiler alert, people were just like shitting in the hallways <laughs> in Versailles. Like they were not even going to find somewhere to go. They were just... They're popping just down wherever they were. Just pooping. It was wild. The Romans, they had those bathrooms they were sharing with each other. I like with that, months. actually. I like that the Romans <laughs> okay, were pooping with their friends. Like that. I wouldn't do it. Let's talk about the sponge. Let's talk well, about the sponge about on the a sponge. stick. Okay. We will talk about the sponge. Um, But first, let's have a little bit of a break and then we'll get into um, all the many things that we want to talk about. There are some stories about my mom's life that I truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, her retelling of events always brings me joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all her stories for my family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mother for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Like, how do you want to be remembered? Or, what was it like when you first learned how to ride a bike? StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is respond to that email with the story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's response as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories you already knew, or be surprised by stories you've never heard before. After a year of fun, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I lost three of my four grandparents by the time I was six years old, so knowing that my future children and grandchildren would be able to get to know my parents on a personal level means everything to me. Families love StoryWorth. That's why it has more than 25,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot, with millions of stories preserved since they were founded over 10 years ago. 
Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash Ellie. That's storyworth.com slash Ellie to save $10 on your first purchase. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, so I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for gosh, going on six years now. So she's basically like a homie, less of a therapist, more of a pal. Just kidding. She actually is really, really good at her job. And I have benefited immensely from therapy. I literally feel like I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't have therapy as a resource. I think it's so good to help you work through not only like your daily problems and, you know, your work issues or your friend issues, your relationship issues, but also like work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix or things like phobias, anxieties, things that you feel like you have a lack of control over. Therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do but I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy and that's why I love today's sponsor BetterHelp because uh, I mean there are states in America even where there's like two therapists that take insurance you know like it's really really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does and BetterHelp makes it super super easy if you're thinking of starting therapy give it a try it is entirely online it's designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge so get it off your chest whatever it is with BetterHelp <laughs> Visit betterhelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LND. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So tell me about the sponge. Okay, so <laughs> the sponge is in these like Roman big, I think it was just out in the streets. They had these big community bathrooms mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where they would do their business, and then there was a sponge on a stick that they would all use in lieu of toilet paper, I guess I would put it. <laughs> as to- as the way that you might use toilet paper, they would use the sponge on the stick, and they would, they'd be like, oh, done with that. Do you need it, pal? <laughs> and they would share it. Apparently, they did. That's what they they did. did sort of rinse it off in the name of cleanliness. Right. But they didn't rinse it off in new water each time. <laughs> they were rinsing it off in the pool. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's horrible. Oh, that is horrible. You notice how I didn't tell you guys to get your snacks ready for this one? Don't. Like, don't. I'm grossed out. Yeah, I mean, it's not all going to be so bad. The main story we have today is about (laughs) Mr. Semmelweis, who was institutionalized for Mm. trying to convince doctors that they should wash their hands. (laughs) Um, and And that's a pretty fun story. A lot of the people we've talked about so far in our two episodes ended in being institutionalized. You know why? Because people are afraid of what they don't understand. Wow. I think they said that about the elephant man. Who? (laughs) (laughs) The elephant man. He had some kind of... Oh, God. I should... I don't know this exactly, so I could be getting this wrong, but he had some kind of disorder I think it was like encephalitis something or other but it made him really really deformed in such a way that like his skin looked like elephant skin um it was like very like heavy um 
it had grown like growths and you know that kind of thing and his posture was his spine was really curved so anyways it's really fucked up me but they called him the, they called him the elephant man um wait that sounds like um animals people did you ever read the story animals people is it about the elephant man i don't know if it's about the <laughs> elephant man but it's about this guy who also had a really um curved spine and like broken body genetically and he was treated like an animal um not specifically they said an element but they called him animal mm. but it was a i haven't read it in a while yeah, but the elephant man was sad they like found him and they tried to take care of him like they tried to find a nurse to take care of him i think he was a real guy i don't know if like the story about him is real but like um it was like sad they tried to cure him yeah, and they just I couldn't. think the one about Animal was a real story. I think it was actually maybe because of some kind of factory chemicals in his town or something. Mm, that checks I don't know. Out. I'd have to revisit that. But it was a really good story. I had to read it in college. But anyway, the yeah. elephant man? Anyway. Why was I talking about the elephant man? <laughs> People are afraid of what they don't they understand. They are, though. And, they are. And you are like the elephant man. <laughs> and, they, and they love to lock up a girl boss is the thing. And a, a man boss, which... I think there are men who are girlies, you know? There are some men that I can classify as girlies and a girly pop and a girl boss, and I will let some of be one. Yeah. And they don't even have to be gay. Like, no. there's just some girly men. There's just there's some, some men that are girly pops. In the best way. Yeah, in a like, great in truly way. the best way. Like, almost it's yeah. like the highest praise you can get from me is that, like, you're girly pop, you know? And Semmelweis is a girly pop. And I have to say that. Okay, so. Before we get into it with um, Semmelweis in hand washing as a medical practice, which has only been around for like 130 years. That's so crazy. We do see, I know, we do see hand washing as a religious ritual coming up in religions like Jewish and Islamic religions. I, as far as I know, and I'm pretty sure of this, they didn't think they were getting rid of germs so much as, because they didn't, we didn't know about germs. They no. just probably were like getting rid of the dirt. Yeah, which is unrelated. <laughs> related and yet unrelated. No, I, yeah. I wouldn't say mm -hmm. that they knew. But yeah, washing your hands is like a big thing in Judaism still. I mean, like you're supposed to wash your hands before meals. There's prayers that you say when you wash your hands before meals. Also, like mm -hmm. bathing is a part of, particularly as a woman, is very much part of uh, Judaism with mikvahs. And like, it's like a whole thing. Mikvah is just a ritual bath. But um, sorry, mm -hmm. I should have said that. But <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of funny, like, there was this story that I heard that during the plague, which like the plague was crazy. People were just dropping dead and they didn't know anything. And they were like bloodletting people. And then they, they would get infected by the blood that they'd bloodletted. Like, oh, my God, it was, like, really bad. Wait, blood. What blood is bloodletting? Blood like they thought that like, well, they were a little bit right. They thought that the plague was in the blood, but they thought okay. to get rid of it, they should just cut you and let some blood out. And it would let the plague out. Oh, right. right, right like, right. I see the logic. <laughs> it doesn't make a whole ton of sense, but, like, I get it. Um, and they would do that, but then they would just have these, like, they would just have blood, and then people would get infected because, like, it's infected yeah, blood. Yeah, they were making it like, worse, just unfortunately. It worse. Plus, like, the poop on the street. I mean, it was just a mess. But anyways, because Jewish... <laughs> <laughs> this was in the medieval era. I mean, this was, like, the right. dark ages, the medieval times, like... Jewish communities were super closed off, honestly, still kind of are, but they were very insular, right? Like, because mm -hmm. not because we were like, fuck outsiders, it's because outsiders are like, fuck the Jews. But like, <laughs> um, yeah, so we were very insular. And there was a thing where Jewish people were like not dying or getting the plague as often. What we know mm -hmm. now, what we understand it as now is that just because of the hand washing that was part of Judaism as a whole at the time, I mean, right. at the time and also now, um, they just were a little cleaner and not getting it as much but they misunderstood mm -hmm. it so much at the time that they basically just said that like <laughs> well first they said that jews were immune to the plague um and then that kind of turned into <laughs> jews are like poisoning the water supply to give us the plague so it's love so they, <laughs> that quick twist <laughs> as it always goes somehow it's the jews fault and they started just killing Killing Jews. To their credit, a lot of like in England, at least the like church leaders were like, it's not the Jews. Stop doing that. Um, but the people didn't really listen. And in Germany, they actually rounded up all of the Jews in Germany and burned them Not in the Dark Ages. Be because of the plague? Yes. Because they thought that because they were they thought that they were causing it. Oh, my God. They also sort of did that in 1945 famously. But I'm not talking about that. 
You know what's... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a different... Yeah. So what's crazy (laughs) is that even in the Semmelweis story, there's this instance of... Well, I'll get into it more later, but women dying more who were a lesser wealth population and they were like, oh, they're dying more because they're dirtier, they're impure. But then when it's the Jews who are dying less, they don't say, oh, they must be more pure and like the people dying are just... (laughs) No, it's like, oh, they're causing it. Yeah. They caused it. It's like changing the exact same narrative just to fit the opposite way what can i tell you (laughs) the oldest story in the world (laughs) well i'm excited to talk to you about semwise i know that i have sort of you know you know the gist but (laughs) you have been talking about semwise i am not kidding it's been like two months (laughs) you've been so excited about this he was a like he was truly standing up for women (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously, you guys kind of understand the gist of him being the first person to do a study to prove that, like, washing your hands can help with germs. But there's a lot to this interesting, fascinating tale about the doctor, Ignaz Semmelweis. And it starts in 1818 when he was born. That's when Illinois was founded. Sorry, it's not important. Wow. No, that. Thank you. He earned his medical degree in 1844, and then he specialized in obstetrics, which is overseeing childbirth. So he became an assistant at the Vienna General Hospital, which was the first obst- the first obstetrics click. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was the first obstetrics. It's actually really I'm, hard to say. I'm just gonna st- it, I don't know why. Obstetrics yeah. Obstetrics clinic. Okay, yep. So he starts working as as an assistant at the Vienna General Hospital. It's about like 30 years before Freud works at that same hospital. I was going to say, Freud, Vienna. Mm -hmm. So just some, you know, some historical context to you. His role is sort of similar to like a chief resident of today, like kind of a second in command. Mm. And he soon realized the high mortality rates of childbirth. And the thing is, in the midwife clinic, the mortality rate for the mother was around 1% to 2%. But in the physician ward, it was like 10%, which didn't make a lot of sense because the physicians should have, Mm. you know, more advanced techniques. They're trained. The midwives have been doing it for forever. But, you know, they're not men who've studied this formally. So true. (laughs) So people didn't really understand this. And Semmelweis was really haunted by it. He had this passage in his book later where he talked about how the bell would ring every time a woman died during childbirth and he was kind of haunted by this bell sound all the time i know it's really, it's really sad. dark some people said that their mortality rate was up to like 30 percent at some like some months but it was an average of like 10 to 13 to be honest the maternal mortality rate in america i think it is like 30 percent or something like it's something really really no, crazy no because that would be like three in ten women died during childbirth if that was true in the united states in 2020 the maternal m- mortality rate was 24 per 100,000 births. Yeah. 100,000. Oh, 24. Not, oh, not, not per 100. Okay. Yeah. So sort of point. <laughs> but it. 2.4%. Okay. It is the highest maternal mortality rate of any developed nation. Stupid. I tried to do the math and I think it's 0.024% is what it comes out to. It's impossible like, to say. It's impossible <laughs> to say, but someone out there, 24 per 100,000. Anyway, you guys got it. But <laughs> but yeah, so actually at this time, if you had any money, you would be doing the birth at home, like kind of mm-hmm. assisted by a personal midwife and going to the hospital was something people with less money did. Mm-hmm. So sometimes this was explained with because a lot of the patients were single women mm-hmm. or prostitutes, like they must be dirtier and therefore they die because they're dirtier. So this disease was known as purpural fever, and it actually has been known for thousands of years. Even Hippocrates talked about it. Um, But the common use of it is just childbed fever. So I'm going to be calling it childbed fever because I'd be tripping over Mm -hmm. my words. Got it. (laughs) So um, (laughs) if you got childbed fever, 80% of people affected with it died. It was pretty severe. And it's something that had been around for a long time. But yeah, so Semmelweis was like, why is it so much worse here? He was looking into it. He was studying all of the current theories about it. One was about it being based on the weather, which just didn't make any sense because there was no 
evidence about mm, how love the theory, though. there's a difference in the mortality rates during different times of the month. But basically, and this is pretty upsetting, all of the doctors would start their day at the autopsy clinic and then they would go straight from there to assisting births. So the physicians would like start out with cadavers. Yeah. Would, yeah. So they sorry. Would, like just dead, yeah. dead so people. So they would start their day doing that, doing autopsies with dead bodies because, you know, they're figuring out how the human body works, I guess. And then they would go right to like assisting childbirth without washing their hands, of course, or their equipment. And they also didn't wash their like frocks or smocks or whatever you call it. They like wanted them to be as bloody as possible right, right, like because it was a sign. Coats or whatever. Yeah, it was That's like a disgusting. sign of being a good physician if you had as much blood on you as possible. That does not sound right. I believe you, mm-hmm. but that sounds like if my doctor walked in the room right. covered in blood. Well, he knows what he's I'd doing. Like, oh, you did something wrong. Yeah, like something yeah. went very wrong there. What actually got an initial answer to him was when a trainee doctor accidentally cut himself on a scalpel while performing an autopsy and later died with symptoms consistent with childbed fever. So he first I saw this person who obviously wasn't a woman giving birth die from childbed fever, like all of the same symptoms. Mm. And what he knew to have happened was that he cut himself with a tool used on cadavers. So was it sepsis then? Is that what childbed fever is like? Just like infection that and then you're all your organs shut down um, and you die. So it starts with like this increasing fever. Sometimes there's a white tongue, labored breathing. Your pulse gets really high and then you vomit a lot. I don't know mm. if it's the same as sepsis. Okay. <laughs> well, I was just wondering. But it, yeah, it had been around for forever and a lot of people died from it. So when he saw this, he sort of got his initial theory that cadaver particles were getting into the women's body. Mm. We didn't have like a word for bacteria until Louis Pasteur, like two years after Semmelweis's death, <laughs> came up with it. So, Oh, sad. Yeah, sad. so he starts this study he gets the physicians at this hospital to wash their hands and immediately it worked like women were getting down to two percent mortality rates and then when he washed the instruments it went down to one percent mortality rates so this was like huge it was very clear he starts sending out letters to everyone everywhere he can he's like please start doing this the younger doctor's sort of believed him some of them did but the older ones didn't and they were the ones in charge of other hospitals they kind of took it like offensively so why their their line of thinking was like i'm this master of the field i've been doing this for many years and this 28 year old young guy is coming in and saying i've been killing people like he's calling me dirty mm, okay, i think it was partially fair. like this yeah, I wouldn't want to be called dirty or like that i'm killing yeah, people yeah people didn't I get see that. themselves as like human petri dishes petri dishes at this time they saw themselves as like moving from room to room without carrying anything everyone believed in this miasma theory of disease so bad smells were what caused (laughs) diseases they didn't have any concept of germs or like things sticking to you and then going on to someone else so stupid it's like kind of like how they would put um they would um you know like Mm -hmm. the plague doctor outfits they would put like fruits and tea leaves and shit in the noses because they wanted to ward off the bad smells but then it ended up just kind of being like a mask a, a, yeah. an OG hazmat <laughs> suit like because they had to be covered like head to toe before they touched the plague people so like it did work just like not for the reasons yeah. that they thought that it was working but also like London smelled really bad like places smelled really bad like why wouldn't they just assume why wouldn't they do something about this? If they thought it was the smell causing it, why weren't they like, we should stop and shitting And that's a really great question. Yeah. London, <laughs> did you hear? Never mind. I'll talk about it later. But they had that summer of the great stink and everyone had to like leave the city. And it was, and by the way, it was later than you think. It was in like oh the God, 1850s. So like when you think of, Regency, and you think of people going to like courtly balls and like Bridgerton mm-hmm. bullshit, okay? Imagine that it smelled like the inside of a butthole. Like it was just the Thames dried up and it was all that was yeah. left was the poo pretty much and like the vomit and like whatever like dead bodies and it rats and so shit were like bad. washed up. Like we it really can't, really we can't exaggerate how bad it smelled. Yeah. How bad. <laughs> like the worst smell you can possibly think of. That's what it was. And they were just like, maybe it's time to build some sewers. It took them till then 
which is crazy mm-hmm. because Romans were using sewers in Romans yeah. times. I mean, everyone else in the world was using sewage systems. The Chinese, I mean, for hundreds of years before this had been using toilet paper, like mass producing toilet paper. Like, I just don't get it. What was wrong with Europeans? Yeah. I mean, so much, but like... A lot was wrong with dirty. Europeans. Yeah, it was bad. So he got really upset. Samwise really started to get more and more depressed about the fact that like people weren't believing him. He really was taking it personally that all of these women were dying mm-hmm. and like he had figured out the cause but then at the same time people would be like well what does it mean like what can you show us that proves that cadaver particles are the cause of this because some people are dying even when there weren't when you do wash your hands or like whatever so he didn't really have the science to back it up all he had was like I have viewed this to be the case and like help but I don't have any more you know, proof, because I'm not a scientist. He was a doctor doing his best. Anyway, it took a toll on him. He lost his job. He was fired. He started sending, like, angrier and angrier letters to (laughs) his critics and, like, named them all later in, like, a you are responsible for this mass murdering and, like, you should feel bad. Like, he was really upset. Good for him. And he was a defender of women. He was. He had girly energy. He returned to Hungary to promote handwashing and finally published his studies in 1861, proposing handwashing as a method to save women's lives. (laughs) And that's where he publicly named and attacked all of his critics. Mm -hmm. In his book, he wrote, everything was in question. Everything seems inexplicable. Everything was doubtful. Only a large number of deaths was an unquestionable reality. It made me so miserable that life seemed worthless. He became so depressed, he became a drunk and erratic. Um, He was committed to a mental institution when he was only 47. Um, People kind of have different theories on what went wrong, whether he got syphilis or Alzheimer's or just was really depressed. But he did he did get really bad really quickly when he realized where he was and tried to leave. He was beaten by guards. He'd only been there two weeks when he died from an infection on his right hand. And that was probably That's caused kind of by ironic, the beating. I, guess. I know he was caused by Sorry. like an infectious wound. He died from that. Uh, so he died in 1865. It was pretty soon after this, kind of like when he was off of his rocker, that Pasteur developed the germ theory and that became... wow more accepted but he did like what's it called when there's a a good part of something (laughs) moral of the story yeah or like the shining light in the story the the silver lining yeah yeah the silver silver lining lining, yeah the silver lining is he did save lives during his time of like doing the experiments and there are like maybe a few people who listen to him um and it's the first documented study we have of it like a hundred years later he was put on the coin in Hungary, so he did get a little bit of recognition. Um, <laughs> oh, there was a Hungarian postage stamp honoring him, um, like oh, 100 years after that. his death. And a lot of hospitals, academics do honor him now. He was described as the savior of mothers. So, you know, good stuff, good stuff. Oh, and there's something named after him called the Semmelweis reflex, which labels a person's tendency to reject new evidence or new knowledge because it contradicts a set of established norms or beliefs. <laughs> that feels like it's opposite. It's almost like insultingly named, actually. What? It's like what we're naming mean? this after you because everyone fucking hated your ideas. Yeah, well, because they didn't <laughs> believe him and he was right. He was so right. He was a scorned man and he can be our first scorned girly pop. That's such a good point. He's our first scorn- scorned girly pop. Well, he didn't deserve that. He was right. That's crazy. I hate that. I know. And then by the 1890s, hand washing moved to something doctors did to everybody doing it. Like it was pretty, pretty close to after his death that this became the cultural norm. Dude, you know what is so crazy? I get so sad when I hear things like this. I know. I hate when like people didn't get to live to see like the way things turn out and I know not to talk about Anne Boleyn but I'm about to (laughs) Anne Boleyn's daughter was Elizabeth the first like the Elizabethan era is highly regarded as like England's golden 
era and like she was a queen she was the longest well until elizabeth ii but she was the you know one of the longest ruling queens mm-hmm. and she was like iconic and like that was her daughter like she she it was okay in the end you know that she didn't have a son and that just makes me sad that she never got to know that yeah it's really rough and it's like also so close like it was so close oh, to his so time close. but that's what happens when you're like a trailblazer for something like if you're not mm. if you're not ahead you're behind <laughs> But then when we got tuberculosis at the turn of the century, this was the first like popular Mm. public health campaign. So people now were washing their hands more than they do now, honestly. They were really phobic. (laughs) They are really bad about it. I know. I mean, imagine like hearing for the first time like, oh, this was the cause of all diseases. And it wasn't to the point where there was like nuance now of like just washing your hands won't. Is not going to. Right. Like it was sort of this huge okay, now we have the answer. So people were scared about touching, kissing, shaking hands. Men stopped getting beards as much. Food began to be sold individually wrapped. But this didn't last super long. Like, as you can (laughs) see, when we did the, or when we had the, start of the covid pandemic we had to remind people to wash their hands (laughs) we had to like make videos we're like this is how you do it Mm -hmm. which is so funny yeah and then ellie and and i were talking people still don't know how to sneeze well i yeah that bothers me a lot actually can i just talk for a second about when people don't sneeze into their shoulder or their elbow why don't you do that it's so like just easy to just aim your sneeze like instead people are people are into their hands and then it's in your hands people are doing it with nothing and it's like i mean it's disgusting (laughs) like yeah and i've even like recently saw seen videos of people being like i leave the bathroom and i don't wash my hands why would i wash my hands when i leave the bathroom and it's like a viral video on twitter and i'm like okay how did we get here the video of the girls being like especially if i go number one sometimes i just pretend to wash my hands what (laughs) why would you take the time to do that if you're gonna pretend here's the question why would you ever say that out loud that's that's the real thing like that's the why would you you didn't have to admit that disgusting but like why would you admit to it it's some of the things that people will say um it's like a whole thing on twitter all the time to talk about this kind of stuff like Mm -hmm. like there's every month there's new discourse about how white people don't wash properly yeah why people don't use washcloths, why people don't um, wash their legs, like all these things. And to be fucking fair, when I was reading about when I was reading about how just nasty Europeans were for so much longer than everyone else, I'm like, you know, they might <laughs> have a point. I mean, why don't we use bidets? Oh, my God. In America? I love having a bidet. Really, that is a <laughs> life changing situation. We we need to start shaming people into getting bidets. Also, let's get a bidet sponsor on this podcast. We, let's get a bidet <laughs> sponsor on this podcast. Like, think about like how you're walking around. Just yeah. poo butt. Yeah. And that's. Yeah. But I just and I don't get it in the washcloth thing. There was a podcast that was recently, it was like old people, but they were like, I think washcloths are a poor people thing. Oh, I saw that. No, that was literally, (laughs) what? That was literally (laughs) viral like two days before we're recording this right now, which is so funny because we already had decided on this topic and I was like, there they go again. There they go again. The tale is old as time. Who fucking asked you to talk about that? No, it's nasty. I mean, to be fair, I'm a little, in my own defense, I have OCD, so it's okay. But like... I can be a little weird about hygiene. Like I have some weird, I have some nitpicky things. Right. Like, you know, like outside clothes on the bed. But I think that's good. And I, yeah. And you know what? It even bothers me so much if someone enters my home and they don't take their shoes off before like getting so past true. the entryway. I'm like, why would You're you do this? Tracking, why would you do tracking. this? I'm sorry, but especially like if you live in a city, Mm-hmm. I, there is stuff on those sidewalks I never want to know about, you know. And totally. like, yeah, like why? Why are you wearing your shoes in my house? Please take them off. I have house shoes, mm-hmm. you know. I have shoes I wear in the house, but I don't wear the shoes that I wear outside inside of the house. Exactly, gross, and that should be, in my opinion, that should be what we all do. But you know what the Victorians did? What did they do? So the Victorians, for one, bleached their clothing with urine. <laughs> In their defense, <laughs> did it not work? 
I mean, <laughs> obviously, it must have worked a bit because they did You're it. You're sterile. Yeah, right. Totally. Um, <laughs> sometimes they used celery as a toothbrush. Mm. Like, they were trying mm-hmm. to clean their teeth, but we didn't really have the common... <laughs> that's actually... That's not, like, a bad idea, actually. Yeah. It's, like, celery or, like, an apple. That kind of makes sense. Here's my question. I don't think I totally understand what soap is. Yeah, no, and you said that to me earlier. Or toothpaste. Right, no, toothpaste I don't know, but I did read the New York Times article called How Does Soap Work? Because you sent that, and I was like, let me find out. Apparently, (laughs) it's made of this substance that attaches to oils and fats and rejects water Mm. so it like clings Mm. to the things in your hand after kind of killing it and then when you wash it off with water it like leaves Mm. your hands with the soap because it isn't oh oh yeah like like a magnet like it attaches itself to the gross stuff and like wash stuff and that's why sanitizer doesn't work as well as like a sudsy soap does even though it kills it yes because it's it's in the sudsing yeah and then it and then it's off of your hands. Which, by the way, is why you have to wash your legs actively and not just let the water run over it because it doesn't right. work like that. Right, that's the whole thing is like water alone isn't going to attach to <laughs> the bad stuff, kill it, and then so- fall off. The soap is truly a necessary part to the situation. <laughs> it really is. Now, but what is toothpaste? Like, I'm, I'm not trying to like, listen... I understand that the Victorians didn't know, but like, I'm not sure that I know. Like, I use toothpaste, but I don't know why. Well, that's I mean, fine. I know why, but... I'm going to tell you like- something worse <laughs> in that case. <laughs> okay. So they had indoor toilets, but not indoor plumbing. No pipes yeah, to carry away the waste. It just dropped into mm-hmm. the basement, and the basement would completely fill up. So <laughs> there was this whole class of people called the night soil men who would come no. in the darkness of night to get the... <laughs> <laughs> to get the shit get the to get the shit and take it to farms to be used as fertilizer and they did it at night because it was like a task too disturbing to be done in broad daylight <laughs> <laughs> but at least they were not shitting in the street yeah and publishers actually sold books explaining how to use a bath saying things like avoid <laughs> bathing within 4 hours of having a large meal which is something that we still think is sort of true in the sense of well it's swimming swimming though but apparently that's actually like not really very true it's more of like a like a thing we think um women would crack an (laughs) egg over their head and then work it through their hair as like a little shampoo situation actually that's it's good for your hair Okay, well, I'm not I'm not going to do that, but I like love still, the visual. Like not I love not a shampoo alone, but as like a hair mask. It's like healthy for your hair, like egg yolk, not white. Mm-hmm. And there was this mm. very famous um product called Hall's Vegetable Sicilian Hair Renewer, which was introduced in the 1960s, and it was like a staple of the era's hair regime. It darkened hair in a way that could hide gray, and unfortunately, it used lead as a bonding agent. So, of course, as we know, lead does have many side effects, Um, but they Mm. got most of the lead out, and it was on the market until the 1930s. cool like they just like didn't have soap this is what i'm confused about so they did have they kind of had soap but they more did like laundry with soap their their versions of soap were too harsh for Mm. the actual skin skin so they did this like bleach type substance and that was really what they had i mean i tried to look into the history of when the first soap was made and it's mostly like probably by mistake the oils and ashes from an animal sacrifice washed off into the river and it surprisingly like got off the dirt from people and they were like oh that what makes was sense, that the oil because a lot of you know? yeah a lot of early soaps were made with like animal fat and then there was another theory about like boiling herbs together and then maybe like that washing over someone and taking the dirt off more <laughs> than expected but also a lot of these people thought like having a layer of dirt on your skin protected you <laughs> Okay, no, like, okay. Like, it was, like, this natural barrier of defense. So... Okay. So, yeah. Like, hair. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. (laughs) You know what was horrifying to me? Was, like, if you're bathing, if you're, like, a lower-class person Mm -hmm. back in the day, in the day, yay, where they were just kind of pooping places, and then the poop would sort of run off into the water, like, into the rivers and stuff and streams, like, that was, like, your bathtub, Right. I mean, like, you were just bathing in water that was 
filled with other people's shit. And that, to me, not cool. Yeah, it's really disgusting. It's really <laughs> unfortunate that this is like what uh. was the common practice for so long. It really honestly ruined my dreams about <laughs> what living in this beautiful mm. castle with these long dresses was like because it was bad. It was really gross out there. Yeah, well, do you know about underwear of the time for women? Tell me about the underwear of the time for women. They were simply crotchless. It was, you would have split drawers. Either you would wear nothing underneath, like under your petticoat, just bare vulva to the world. Ooh. Or you would <laughs> have these split drawer, like sort of like pantaloons, but they were crotchless. Like Well, that's big now. There was, <laughs> yes, which <laughs> some of us own now, but like... Um, <laughs> But not for that. Um, totally. It was so that they could just pee without, you know, having to take their dress off. And they were just walking around with a breeze all the time. Wait, that makes so much sense, though, because it was so hard to get all of your layers off at that time. Like, what did you do? Just duck over a hole and crouch? Well, I've never peed outside. I don't really know how to do it. Yeah, I probably have. I've lived a long life, but I don't remember it. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done it. I don't think I know how to aim it. I don't know. It, it worries me. Yeah. Um, another fun fact is <laughs> when when the Lysol company came out, you know, the Lysol cleaning products, it was I used do. as a birth control in the 1920s as a douche. They would just <gasps> put Lysol up there. Mm hmm. Yep, up there. <laughs> I know. It was so fucked up. And they were like, I watched some of the ad campaigns about it, and they were like, if your woman doesn't do this, she's pretty gross. If she doesn't spray <laughs> Lysol. <laughs> That's horrific. Don't even get me started with like douches as it is or things that they would tell women needed to do. It especially was so bad. It was horrifying. Lysol in your horrifying yeah yep so that was a fun one <laughs> if you could only do one step of your entire hygiene routine the whole thing every day Ooh. and that's it you couldn't do anything else what would it be probably the teeth probably brushing my I teeth I was gonna say teeth yeah because I just don't think I could go without I mean also I would really quickly struggle if I couldn't put on like face lotion that would like get really uncomfortable mm. for me but the teeth I, the teeth would get uncomfortable within like the first couple hours of waking up. I'd be like, okay, I hate this. I want to die. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that would be mm -hmm. rough. And yeah, yeah, dental care especially was also really bad at these times. Like they had the, um, they didn't have dentists. They had like hairdressers or like barbers were also dentists. So they would just pull people's oh, teeth no. out. Like that was sort oh. of the fix all was pulling people's teeth out. And then mm. they would take teeth from cadavers that were good or like dead animals and put those in people's mouths. Right. Like Washington did not in many ways have wooden teeth. He had slave teeth. I Yeah, I saw conf conflicting reports about that. I, I've heard that a lot of it was also like wires, like metal wires or something. I don't know. Weird. I, I, yeah, you guys. Doesn't sound tooth-like. You guys can um, do your own research on George Washington. Do your own teeth. research on George Washington. There was I also, don't know much about George Washington. <laughs> yeah, there was this quote from Thomas Jefferson to his daughter being like, this isn't exact, but there's nothing more disgusting than a woman who doesn't smell good or something like that. <laughs> well, you know, okay, TJ. I mean... He didn't smell good either, let me just say. I'm sure he didn't. But I do wonder if, like, back in the olden times, it smelled bad everywhere, so you just, like, sort of didn't know. Like, you know how you don't know what the way your own house smells? Yeah, I wonder if, like, the best thing about moving to America was that you got <laughs> that away from smell the bad. smell of England. I literally was thinking about that. I was like, I can't imagine then having to go back and visit England. You would throw up. Like, imagine being a be child like, and you'd never experienced that. And then your parents take you there. Mm -mm. You're like, this is disgusting. Think about that, too. I think about, like, what would the world smell like if we never industrialized? Ooh. There's so much There's so much trash everywhere now. Even, like, nature doesn't really smell like nature. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, f I saw this also brief comment from someone on one of the videos that was, like, the, the native people were scared of the stench of... <laughs> <laughs> Because white people are gross, apparently. <laughs> yeah, but I imagine that it had to immediately get better once coming here because at least the rivers were clean that they washed. Like True. I don't know. Pure, 
Puritans bathed a lot. Yeah, actually. I did see that that was a big thing for Puritans, that they wanted to be clean. However, their methods Pure. were still not as so good true. or like effective. They were probably mm-hmm. so clean comparatively to the other people. I think I would go so crazy if I couldn't wash my hair. Like, you know, like yeah. a good scrub. Like, I just, I mean, to be clear, I don't wash my hair very often. <laughs> but like when it gets to a point where I'm like, it needs to be washed, I would I would go crazy if I just couldn't wash it. Yeah, I'm both a hater and a lover of washing my hair. Like, I feel mm. really good after I've dried it. But having wet hair oh, it's is so, so horrible. cold, it's a especially nightmare. in winter. It's like a, ugh, mm. like just a, yeah, just like, ugh. it doesn't feel good. Do you use one of those shit, like those scrubby things on your head? No, but I ordered one on Amazon and I just haven't used it yet. I just really get in there with my, with my fingers, but I also got like, um, a, an exfoliating scalp Ooh. scrub. So mm-hmm. I use that first. I'm really into exfoliating. I think it's very important. Yeah. I use an African net sponge. Now, I don't know why it's called an African net sponge. That is just what it's called online. Mm-hmm. And you can get it on Amazon. And it's just like this long sponge. Oh, is it Nut for sponge. your hair? It's, or for your no, body? No, it's for your body. Oh, it's yeah, to exfoliate. I have one of those. It's like, yeah, the long thing. It's not like a sponge, but it's like a stretched out loofah sort of um like if a loofah wasn't like smushed up and it i literally am so soft when i use it yeah, it's the best feels thing i know feels and better. it dries also i'm really into a lotioning routine right now like really into a lotioning routine totally i honestly like, like have to do a full body lotion every time i get out of the shower immediately I don't think I used mm-hmm. to have to do it as much, but now I'm no nice. now <laughs> now I must now, um, I must do it, otherwise something will go wrong. But it's nice. I feel like I'm smooth all the time. I smell good, and I'm happy. I'm happy to be clean. I can't imagine living in a time when they just had no concept of what cleanliness is, because there's no better feeling than being like clean in clean sheets, yep. in clean pajamas, I was just gonna a say clean that. house, clean dishes. Like next and a, like, time a, you lay down mm, after exfoliating mm, on your brand new clean sheets, think about how lucky you are that you're not just in filth. Laying on straw that's never been cleaned <laughs> with fleas in it giving you the plague. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so, you know, that's a brief that's a brief overview of that's a brief hygiene overview and of history. Sanitation and it's hygiene. It's mainly bad, but you know, <laughs> we covered as much as we could. Everywhere wasn't the same. Every time period wasn't the same. However, I do no, think No, but mostly Europeans were pretty gross for a long time. Yeah. And yeah. Thank God that's not us. I'm like scared well, to visit as far London as we now. Know. <laughs> Well, I don't think it's gross anymore. I know it's not gross anymore, but it's like the vibes are scary to me. I don't know. I really feel that. What do you think about the whole, this is really a little off, but it's sort of on topic. What do you think of the whole uranium, aluminum deodorant thingy? Oh, like natural deodorant deodorant. conversation? So there's a couple brands that I do like of natural deodorant. However, it's really based on the smell for me. Like if I so if I think a product smells really good, then I'm just going to use that. I don't really care that much. I mean, the aluminum thing isn't like that's a that's not true. Lumi- al- it's like a mistruth. It's no, like it not- was from a scam email in the 90s. That was like this big chain <laughs> email. And then people have just believed that ever since. Oh, my God. It was like this yeah. thing that was like aluminum will cause cancer and like got people to click on it. And then everyone's just continued to believe that. I've kind of gotten stinkier, though, like as I've gotten older. <laughs> but I think it's because I just have I, I sweat so much more because of my um, brain pills, like antidepressants and SSRIs make you sweaty like they mm. just do. And I feel like I'm like stinkier now and I have to like really care about the deodorant that I'm using. It's really fucking annoying because I used to just be able to pick up whatever and now I can't. Yeah, I would just say out there, don't worry too much that a deodorant's going to kill you because it's definitely not going to. Just do what works best for you. (laughs) Of all the things that are going to kill you, I don't think deodorant is the thing we should be worried about. I think a lot of the time when they cite that this ingredient can kill people or cause cancer or whatever the amount that it would take to actually do that to you is so much higher than you could ever use or would ever actually be in those products and then it's just like this scare tactic to get you to buy a more expensive version 
And just remember, you're full of microplastics anyways. And, um, you know, <laughs> there's no escape anyway, no matter what you do. Honestly, you're way more likely to die from woolly mammoth at this point. Oh, bring it back. Bring it back. Bitch. Bring it back. You know what? I re- you know what I realized we didn't do in the beginning. What? Tarot card of the week. Oh, let's do it. Let's do a tarot card. Little tarot card for our squad. Our group of friends. Squad up. Remember the Fetty Wap era? That was a good era. No, I don't actually. Really? That wasn't like a thing for you in college? What's a what's a what's a song? I'm like, hey, what's up, hello? Oh, I do remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. It was like every week there was a new Fetty Wap song out. Okay. Vibe for the week for late night drive. Ooh. Okay. So this week's card, Temperance, Upright. Temperance, Upright, pretty good card. Emotional balance, patience, and maturity. So Ooh. I guess our card this week is asking us to fucking be mature, I guess. Fucking, I don't know. To grow um, be up. In tune with your, <laughs> yeah, grow up. Journal, be in touch with your emotions. Um, balance is an important part of that. And patience, you know, mm-hmm. don't go at things with full emotion. Don't go at things with full, like, logic, like, have wisdom combine the two before you make decisions think before you act many of us could use that advice (laughs) let's all think were we talking about patience earlier i feel like we were talking about needing patience like right at the beginning of this episode but who could ever really say it's really sort of impossible to say (laughs) (laughs) we'll never know (laughs) we could never find out um all right my sweet friends i think that that's our episode yeah yeah. Oh, I did want to make. Ooh, I wanted to make one little comment. Oh about, fuck! We should have done it off the top. Yeah, but we'll do it it's now. Okay. Whatever. Just about the BDSM episode. Um, we did want to mention. Like, I know we put in so many little comments of, and this isn't everybody. This isn't all bad. But I do think we wanted to make it clear that there is a good contemporary supportive community that exists now and obviously that isn't a side of the topic that we really got into um it wasn't really super interested in that (laughs) yeah it was more our angle was more from people who've experienced you know doing things that we really didn't want to do that was kind of the priority of our modern take on it but you know we didn't We don't want anyone to feel like we don't support them. If that wasn't clear, we just want to make that clear. Unless you do have bad motives, then we don't support you. Then we don't support you. (laughs) But yeah, there's a safe and healthy and consenting and like normal community of people who love to do BDSM. Mm -hmm. So we just didn't talk about it because it's not that interesting. I mean, it's really just like, I mean, it's really just like a sentence like these people exist and they're they like it and they're happy and they're having a great time (laughs) and we love that for them. (laughs) Thank you so much, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening. If you like the show, if you like us, feel free to subscribe. We have a nice little review. And um, Michaela, where can they find you? You can find me on Michaela Okla on Twitter and Michaela Oakland on Instagram. You can also find us at Late Night Drive Pod on Instagram and so Patreon.com slash Late Night Drive Pod for this episode ad free. What about you, Ellie? You can find me on Instagram at Ellie underscore Schnitt. You can find me on Twitter at Holy underscore Schnitt. You can find me on TikTok at Ellie Schnitt. And most importantly, you can find me on Twitch, which is just Ellie Schnitt, um, twitch.tv slash Ellie Schnitt. And I try to stream four times a week, but it's usually three. Uh, and so, a quick shout um, out to our birthday pigs. I think it's just K- Katie, right? Katie and Flower Turtle. Yeah. Kate, shout out to our shout birthday to- pigs, Katie and Flower Turtle. We love you guys. We love all of our patrons and we love all of you. Hope you have the best week. And as always, have a good day. Have a good night, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. We hope it's a great one. We will catch you on the next drive. Michaela, you want to sing us out? Thank you for coming to Linda <laughs> Drive. We hope you enjoyed the hope drive. Hope you enjoyed the drive. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.